Welcome back to Foster.Minnesota's Let's Talk, a podcast that brings you valuable resources for prospective and current adoptive and foster families as well as professionals. My name is Sunny, and I'm an education coordinator here at Foster.Minnesota. And I'm Chris, also an education coordinator here at FAM. Today we're chatting with Tia Dvorak. Tia is the founder of Regroup Counseling and Consulting and has extensive experience specializing in helping families in the adoption and foster care systems. Today, we're going to explore how we can support educators and caregivers of children who need assistance with regulation. Thank you so much for being with us today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited for you guys to invite me here today. Yeah, we're happy happy to have you. Yeah. Awesome. Let's get started. So please tell us a little bit about how and why you founded Regroup Counseling and Consulting. Yeah. So Regroup Counseling and Consulting started, um, I had worked for an agency for quite some time and decided I wanted to try out some private practice. And so I was an independent contractor um, under my own business of Regroup Counseling and Consulting for a couple of years working predominantly um, in school settings, actually. I had um, a few hours of outpatient, but I I spent a lot of time in the school. And it just kind of transformed to where I just wanted to try to do my own thing. And it was only ever supposed to be me working predominantly with kids and their families. I have always worked with kids throughout my career. I was able to do early childhood mental health while I did my master's program. Um, So I was really, really fortunate. And my first outpatient position, my supervisor was a registered play therapist supervisor. And that clinic was really, that's what we saw was children and families. And she had a large niche of children in foster care and adoption. And so... I was able to be guided underneath her for quite a few years before moving. Um, And I just wanted to pick up and do exactly what I had been doing. Um, And so we do that. We just now have 20 providers and um, multiple locations, including Elk River, Albany, Albany Middle School and High School, um, Little Falls. And we have a contract with Cross Lake Community Schools providing their mental health services for their online students. And we will be starting services at Hinkley Elementary here in the next few weeks, along with Big Lake. Wow. Yeah. So it really started out for the new year. Yeah. It started out, um, even my email is tia at regroupkids.com. Because that was always my intention was to just always really work with kids and as we've as we've grown and added different providers we actually have a quite a few providers who don't see children and i'm like yeah i'm sorry so that email's not going to change because that <laughs> sounds like a really big undertaking to try to change that whole domain and so um yeah we still have a lot of providers that do strictly see kids but we also have a lot of providers that that don't great So what can be done to support educators and caregivers with co-regulation? Yeah. So like I said, I spent um, a lot of my career working in school settings. Um, When I transitioned out of 
the group practice in which I was an independent contractor, I did leave the schools actually. Uh, but one of the things that I had noticed while being in the schools is we are really getting a lot of, of opportunity and programs for kids. We're not doing so much for the teachers or the parents. Um, and so it's wonderful. We have schooling to mental health. We're having calming corners. We're doing, we're increasing the social emotional curriculum, but we're not doing anything to support the teachers. And so we are hoping to start kind of pushing out a program of reflective consultation for teachers and caregivers alike. Because if we don't have a regulated adult in a room, it's going to be really hard to have regulated children in a room. And I think that starts with education, right? If I asked you, what does regulated mean? What's the first word that pops into your head? Uh, for me, it's calm. Exactly. Exactly. When we, the first thing we think of is if I'm regulated, I'm calm. And in reality, if, if you guys ever listen to anything related to Lisa Dion and synergetic play therapy, um, and even Robin Goebel mentions it in her book, Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, so regulated does not mean calm. Regulated is actually being connected to yourself and recognizing that maybe you're not calm, but that you're still okay. Like for example, I'm anxious. I know that I'm anxious. So as you'll notice, like I'm, I'm rocking in my chair. I have my learning tool in my hand. So I can be somewhat dysregulated, but I can also be connected to my body, right? So I was going so with regulate being like enforcing. <laughs> so I was going opposite. Sure. Oh. <laughs> I mean, and so I think, right, it's just that. It's like, it's just offering some of that, um, the education piece around it, because I think there's a ton of information. And I, I, I'm sure there will be maybe people who will even disagree with that and whatever. Um, but just finding some common ground to say, what can I be doing during the day to be helping my own nervous system, right? That's where our regulation or dysregulation lies is within our autonomic nervous system. And I think even just that word, autonomic nervous system, we say that, and that it just sounds really complicated. Or we talk about neuroscience. That sounds like a really big word, a really big word. And I think a lot of parents or even teachers will be like, don't talk to me about your neurosciencey stuff. Well, <laughs> neuroscience is really, it's it's just the study of our, our brain and our nervous system, right? Um, and we don't have to get into all sorts of crazy things to try to understand. Like polyvagal theory is super cool, but like Robin Goebel does such an excellent job of breaking down our nervous system in ways that we can just understand. And so even just using the information that's already given to us, like I have no intentions of recreating a wheel and these people are way smarter than I am. <laughs> I don't, I doubt that, but okay. <laughs> and but taking that information to teachers and not telling them what they're doing is wrong, first of all, and also just giving them the space to say, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee that at least 50% of teachers 
were never advised that they should probably go do some of their own therapeutic work before stepping into that classroom. I think most most teachers and even young people that I meet with now, and they're so excited about being a teacher and they get to work with kids and they get to influence kids every single day. And they're so excited and passionate about it. And they get in there for a couple of years. And some of these kids are hard. They're bringing their stuff in every single day. And teachers have no idea how to help them. And we go right into fix it mode. I'm going to fix this kid. Well, but they're not broken, but neither is the teacher. And so giving them that space to just go, what is this and what's coming up for me? Because there's a really good possibility that those kids are bringing in some, some trauma and they're triggering the teacher and the teacher may or may not know, but going to like to our nervous system, kids are going to set us up to feel the way they're feeling. So I can't even imagine, honestly, being a teacher in a room with 30 kids and I got 30 nervous systems who are all trying to say something to mine. And if I don't even just have the, the first step, step to go, whoa, I need to do something for me so that my nervous system can actually be like up here and saying, hey, we're okay because that's how our nervous systems work. Well, Tia, what are some ways all individuals involved can manage their nervous systems? Yeah. So I think one of the first things is even just acknowledging that our nervous system is really where all, all of the feels lie and paying attention to it. So we are often taught about um, like logic. If I asked you, how do you feel when you're happy? Can you answer that? Usually we can. It's a pretty, I'm happy, right? I got a smile on my face. My body feels good. So something may have just happened that I'm excited and, and, and it makes me happy. But then if I were to come in today and say, Sunny, how are you doing today? Well, I'm actually feeling, uh, I am actually feeling calm. And maybe a little sleepy. Okay. How do you know? Because my body doesn't feel like it wants to move as fast as it normally would. Okay. Now, if we think about even another 50% of the people that we know, and you ask them, how are they doing? What is their normal response? I'm fine. I'm <laughs> fine. Very oh, Minnesota. Right. <laughs> I should actually say that. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, it's good though, because some people can describe, right? But there's a large majority that cannot. And that, and starting, I mean, and it's not even just starting with kids. I mean, there's the Minnesotan piece, right? Of A, we don't ever tell anyone anything other than fine, because we don't want to make anyone else uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's also the part of, I have no idea because we're not taught that we're taught that happy, sad, mad, frustrated, uh, maybe we'll get too embarrassed. But even then, when we say, how do you know, we don't always put the, the mind body connection together 
And so that that part of just really noticing what's happening in your body and being able to name it. Now, if I ask someone or if someone says they're thirsty and I ask them, how do you know? That's one that people can usually say, well, my mouth is dry or my tongue is tingly or something to that effect, right? But when we actually ask about how how you're doing or what emotional state you're in and how do you know, a lot of people give that blank look like, oh, <laughs> I just say what I think I'm supposed to say. Mm. And so really teaching, you know, even teaching teachers like to just notice what's happening in their body so that they can continue to regulate and find ways to regulate throughout the day. Oh, so that makes a lot of sense. It, so what I'm hearing is that you're saying that we need to give ourselves permission to feel, basically. Yeah, because yeah, when we recognize it, then we can start trying on different things for self-regulation, right? And the, the cool thing is, is that as we try them on, and when, we, when we're in front of small people, we can model it. And so now our nervous system is telling their nervous system, hey, we're okay. And this is what I'm doing to make sure that I'm okay. So even a teacher just doing exactly what I'm doing in this chair, rocking back and forth, using my learning tool, you might have a kiddo that's like, I'm really getting the sense of some regulation over there. Obviously, they're not going to use these words, right? And maybe I want to try that on. Maybe I want to try to rock back and forth and see how that helps my body. Instead of, we'd like to tell kids, stop, don't do that. What would happen if we did that to adults? <laughs> stop, don't do that. And <laughs> like, I need to do something, right? right? We're always doing it. We're always attempting. Our bodies are genius, really. And so even in ways that have been have been deemed like maladaptive or attention seeking, our body is always trying to regulate. And so you, you got any pen clickers? Any friends that are pen clickers? Oh, yes. <laughs> right? It's another way of trying to regulate. Now, that might not be the right tool for the time, and it might not be the right intervention or the strategy for the situation, but it is a way at, at trying to regulate. So helping teachers and, and caregivers just, what is it that your body needs? That's very powerful. So can you tell us, you've told us the what so far, but can you also explain why co-regulation is needed? The why of it? Yeah. So because self-regulation will never come by itself. Self-regulation is only learned through co-regulation. And we, we tend to forget, uh, I think, you know, when you have a baby and we hold the babies and we rock the babies and we're always trying to figure out what the baby's cries mean. And then, and, and, and we'll carry those babies and, and try to regulate the best we can for them. And then somehow like toddlerhood comes around and, and the word self-regulate started to really become a big thing. And then all of a sudden it was, well, everybody just needs to learn how to self-regulate. Yes. Cool. But if we don't have somebody else modeling and teaching us, 
our nervous system isn't ever going to get to a state of being able to understand it. And so that co-regulation piece comes in because our nervous system is all, like I said, it's always looking for ways, right, to regulate. But when we have somebody else's nervous system among us that is regulated or connected, then our nervous system gets to go, oh, there's not a saber-toothed tiger around the corner. Okay. And it's really done in you know, the scaffolding is how they say it. Like in the beginning, we might have to be doing a lot of co-regulation. And then we get to start to take those pieces down as the, as kiddos start to figure out like, oh, I can do this on my own. And if I'm having a hard time, I have someone to go to, to help me with it. It's not necessarily, it's not a worksheet or a book. It, it really is. A, it's a way of being. It's a way of just noticing felt senses. Tia, what advice do you have for the Minnesotans out there who ask people how they are doing and then the person actually responds instead of saying fine and are just shocked that they got a response? <laughs> so what are some tips <laughs> that you have for us? <laughs> yeah, so you, know, I think in Minnesota, we are so inclined to just always ask, right? That's the polite thing to do. Right. And then when somebody actually gives us an answer, we are so taken aback, like, I can't believe you'd actually tell me those things. You're just supposed to say fine. And so my first thought is always, before you speak, are you ready for the answer? Whatever that might be. And then it might even be for the person who's hearing the complaining about, can you believe that they said that? Is to also just be able to notice in your own body what's coming up, right? Because my guess would be, it would be something on the lines of maybe defensiveness or even fear. And to be able to validate that to that person of, you really weren't ready to hear that. That wasn't what you were expecting, right? So, cause we're giving them that validation that you weren't expecting that. At the same time, you did ask that question and you were just really shocked that someone gave you the real answer because we're supposed to say, fine, and I use that in, in my room, even with, with adolescents. So I'll use the two things. They'll come in. I'll be like, so what's the week been like? And it's often fine, good. So I like to use the, how do you know? How do you know it's been fine or good? And just helping them to develop that interoceptive awareness. How do I know? And it's usually, it's not fine or good, right? Things have not been okay. But then validating whatever that feeling was when they do finally get to the point of, I felt really down and sitting there in it. That I think is one of the hardest things for Minnesotans is we don't <laughs> have to sit anywhere where it's uncomfortable, <laughs> anywhere. And so when we ask that question, it's like this unspoken rule of the response is going to be something that doesn't make me uncomfortable. And when it does, what am I going to do with that? Right. And just, and just learning about that and learning about that with yourself. So when I think about using that in, even re in regards to teachers, is that learning about our own interoceptive systems and those of people around us is, is really, it's, it's on a, it's like on a spectrum. We're everyone's going to be along that spectrum at very different times. 
And as long as we can accept that, we can come alongside them and say, I got you no matter where you're at. Right. I'm going to walk into a school someday and I'm going to have lots of teachers who are like, teach me, teach me, teach me, teach me. And I want to know all these things. And I'm going to have other teachers who are like, I am so tired of hearing what you people have to say. Just Ooh. come in and fix this because they're exhausted. And I don't blame them for being exhausted. I think one of the other problems we've had with that is that we're we're in this place of making sure we have all the things for the kids and rightfully so, but we're forgetting about the teachers. And so how many times, and I've said this in supervision, how many times have we said, you just have to meet the kid where they're at, regardless of where that is? How many times have we said, you just got to meet the teacher where they're at? Like yeah. Lizzie, why? <laughs> because the other side of our brain says they're an adult. They're supposed to have figured this out. How are they supposed to figure it out if they never had anyone come alongside of them and say, Ooh, you are struggling. Okay. And so just following them along that, that spectrum of wherever they're at and not giving too much, right? Because how easy is it for us to say, I mean, I could walk into the classroom and I could probably recognize in five minutes or not, or five minutes or less that it's the teacher's dysregulation that may or may not be cause even more dis dysregulation in the class. If I tell them that they're the problem, how helpful is that? That's not gonna be helpful at all. So just being able to come in and, and just kind of align with that and, and sit with where they are. And so advice to Minnesotans would be practice being uncomfortable. It's okay. But our, that is our, our nervous system's response. When somebody says something and we become uncomfortable, we want to run away from it. We want to get away from it as fast as possible. And so then that becomes our pattern every single time something's uncomfortable, right? Right. And learning mm -hmm. to just sit with that. Well, that um, I appreciate very much your compassionate approach. That's uh very eye-opening so thank you for that yeah. um going further would you have any specific examples as to what teachers or educators or caregivers can do yeah so we talk about self-regulation um sometimes i think it also we kind of combine it with self-care and one thing i've heard from teachers is if i get told one more time that I need to practice self-care, my head might explode because please tell me, right? And parents, the same thing. And I talk to parents, what are you doing for you? And they're like, in what time? What, what, what time do I have to do for me, right? And right. so self-care goes along with self-regulation on the daily and constantly. So maybe once every couple of months, I get to go get my hair done or my nails done or a massage. Those are great. Don't stop doing those if you have the ability, but we need to start practicing self-regulation on a daily. So what does that look like for you? And just trying them on, right? So again, my avocado here, um, 
some a lot of people in Minnesota want to call these fidgets. I started doing a training with Synergetic um, Education Institute and their learning tools. When used appropriately and not just to annoy others, they can be learning tools and what does our body need? And so encouraging teachers and, and parents to find out what is it that their body is looking for throughout the day. Example, I knew that I was a little anxious coming into this. So I got up, I made sure I had my water, I had my avocado. I went and just to, to be clear for our listeners that Tia is not playing with a real avocado. It's, <laughs> it's a pushing avocado. It's a... <laughs> yes. It's, it's a... Um, it's softer than like some of my other ones. I really enjoy this. I wish I knew where I got it. Um, but just taking care of my body. So I got up and I walked around. I stretched a little bit, made sure I had taken some big breaths and got myself comfortable and grounded in my chair before, before logging on. Right. Does that mean that it went away? Not entirely. But I also was able to prepare myself and get, start to give my body something that it needed. And so that might look like for teachers standing in a classroom of kids that are all over the place and they just modeling what do they need. I'm going to take some big breaths. She can even name it, right? It's really loud in here. I notice my body is not handling that well. And modeling that, putting your hand over your chest taking a big breath, whether they have a learning tool or some cold water or what is it that they need to do throughout the day. And again, we're not looking for big chunks of time because they don't have it. They've got minutes or seconds. And so doing whatever that is, Lisa Dion um, in her Synergetic Play Therapy Inst Institute on her website, she's got a really nice printout um, of different, she's, I think, she's got two different ones of just, uh, regulation strategies for children throughout the day, also regulation strategies for in the school. And parents and, and, and teachers can try some of the same exact things. So whether that's, you know, movement, music, learning tools, cold water, um, just taking a minute, um, to, you know, checking in with your five senses is also a way because we're not looking to completely reset and relax. We're looking to just connect back to our body. I can recognize that I'm anxious. I can I can recognize I'm frustrated. And I can still be okay. And just really notice where do I feel it in my body? Okay. And we're just we're just paying attention to it. We're kind of like letting our body know like hey you're not you're not in this alone which is as humans, what we're kind of all looking for, right? We don't want to be in it alone. Yes. Mm -hmm. mm, that is great advice. Oh, wow. great. And it's so fitting for like a, a new year's podcast too. you know, yeah. a few days after the new year to have this available for people. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So one last question. Um, can you tell us what can be done about ruptures in relationships? Yeah. So ruptures are going to happen, right? Because there's going to be some moments where my avocado just ain't doing it. 
my rocking and my chair ain't doing it. And I might yell, I might lose it um, because we're human. And sometimes we're not able to reconnect to ourselves and our nervous system takes over. And even that is a way of trying to regulate, right? You think about the teapot analogy, you just boil up and then you, and adults are going to do it too. The great thing is, is that when we go back and repair those ruptures that are bound to happen, we're doing a multitude of things. We are letting kids know that adults screw up too. We're also teaching them that adults can own it. And that repair actually helps strengthen those attachment strings in the brain to say, People make mistakes and that means the relationship doesn't have to end. And so I always say like, don't, don't fear the rupture because we need, we need rupture so that we can have the repair relationships with zero conflict. They don't really go anywhere. Yeah. It's just, and I don't know, I always use this analogy of like a teeter totter right? You have two people on a teeter-totter and they're up and down and up and down. And if they're, if they're, they're really playful, they're going to try to bounce that other one off. And if I think of that of as relationships that have conflict and they, and, and a rupture and they have repair and they have conflict and they have rupture and they have repair. If they never have it, they just say right here, that's boring. Nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> And so like we we need that movement in order to continue to program our bodies that we can have, we can have ruptures and we can still be okay. And teachers are going to do it and parents are going to do it. And I would say, be thankful for them because it gives us the opportunity to go back to our kiddo and say, mom really lost it. I was having a hard time and I should not have done that. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I yelled at you. I'm maybe I'm even sorry that I, you know, I threw out a consequence that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Right. But we can go back and, and give those, those repairs to our kids. And again, we're modeling. So the next time that they lose it, and they kick or they hit or they scream at us. We've modeled maybe they are going to be able to come in when the time is right, when their brain has developed enough, they have enough regulation skills on their own to come in and say, I really lost it. I should not have done that. And as the parent, then we have another opportunity to go, whoa, you really recognize what was happening in your body. Good for you. And as the parent being able to say, I get it. We all do this sometimes. That's beautiful. Okay. Thank you so much for your advice today. Um, I certainly learned a lot and I'm happy to have you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks so much to you. And thanks for Getting us Minnesotans to think about feeling uncomfortable every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. We lost everybody. We're always like, eat. Nope, we're done. 
<laughs> well, you know, I'm your sure. other listeners outside, like from around the world will listen and understand us a little better. <laughs> Love it. It's a real thing. Uh, Regroup is actually starting next Tuesday. Uh, myself and Sarah Hamlin uh, are starting. We're doing a five-week free reflective consultation group for for teachers for exactly like this just a place to come and chat and feel supported and connected and cared for um, because they're struggling. So whatever oh, we can do to That's perfect. If someone wants to check it out, can they go to your website? And if yeah, yes, what is we your website? Our website is regroupcounseling.org. It's under the more section and you will see educator support. And there is um, a, a document there to register. Okay, thanks. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today for Let's Talk. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to our podcast and tune in again soon.